Welcome to the German Fußball Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Fjortoft, and I'm, as always, joined by my father, Jan Fjortoft. And Dad, you are looking very good in a retro Hummel shirt. Give us some context. And for, obviously, the people watching this on video, some on audio, but that is wearing a vintage Norwegian national team shirt, Hummel, when they did it best, with the, with the V color as well. Yes, give a visual description to the audience. Well, you can't have a more Hummel shirt <laughs> than this. And and to be fair, I've had some of these. Uh, I remember when I started off in a national team, we had Hummel. Uh, and I've had some shirts, uh, but there were uh, ad- ads on them. And I was thinking we couldn't have played with ads because they were never allowed. So I'm always looking for this thing because I'm that old that Marcus. It was just in the middle of the 90s when we started swapping shirts. It was not allowed. I remember when I started a national team, if we took a shirt, they would uh, fine us. They will, will actually give us a bill on the shirts because they didn't have as money as they have today. So I'm wearing today. I think this is one of the first uh, Norwegian national team shirts I ever took or stole. Uh, and as I'm talking now from uh, my home now, but uh, it's uh, used to be my my parents' home and your grandparents' home that you've spent a lot of great holidays here, Marcus. Uh, and I was at the loft and I was uh, looking around from different things. Uh, I've been delaying cleaning up there and then I found this shirt, which was fantastic. So uh, this is a proper, proper match-worn vintage Sure. So this is going to be one of the highlights in my collection. Yes, just for context, there's all the hype about these vintage football shirts, classic football shirts being the main kind of uh, distributor of such. But you have your very own uh, shop, I'd say. Of, of shirts. Yeah, I have, I have a collection. I think that is one of the small memories you, you have from a career. You never know what to do with them. I give someone away, of course. You've got something. Some of them and, and friends have got something. And sometimes I give something to charity and all those kind of things. But yes, it's, it's a precious collection that I that I, that, that I keeping on different places. So, but this one was great. I, I yeah, think this nice. is original, the Norwegian red color that should, yeah. that, it, that it should be. We also see the uh, the celebrations following the Übersteiger in '99. No, 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 that, is no, it not? not. Oh, no, am I just that... assuming? Okay, same shirt, but... Yes, same shirt, but you're right. Uh, remember, we won the last game uh, 5-1. Yeah. Uh, that was against Kaiserslautern, and I did the Übersteiger. But that photo is actually from when we beat Dortmund. Talking, We probably will talk about Dortmund today. We beat them 2-0. The funny thing is that in that row, when we ending up with I scored at 5-1 goal, we won four goals in a row. We talked about that before. We beat Werder Bremen away. Dortmund at home 2-0, we beat Schalke away, and then we beat Kaiserslautern 5-1 in the last game. So we took 12 points those four last games. And and this is quite I like that because I, I so remember that the, the you know when you're in a relegation zone like we were at the time, is is not happiness, it's relief. I guess that is for every footballer. Is <laughs> happiness is something you think of after your career. But at the at the moment when you're in there, it's always a relief because we had to win that game, played against Jens Lehmann. And a funny fact, I remember I, I, I ran 
one against one against him. This is uh, then five seconds before this photo is taken. And I was wondering, Jens, are you not going down? I want you to go down, Jens. Please go down because I want to chip the ball. I want to machen Luftwa, where it's called in German. And he never went down. So I, I kind of more or less closed my eyes, got a good shoot technique and shoot, shot my best. And thank God the ball went in. That's fantastic. Last four games of the season as well, you win as well. Um, no, incredible. Um, we have to explain also just a brief one. Usually we do our episodes on the Monday or the Tuesday. This week was a bit tough, so we find ourselves at the end of the week in terms of scheduling and kind of doing a bit of a, I guess, more of a topical discussion regarding a, diff- a couple of different things that have happened over the last week or so there's obviously been the uh, the games in Europe that we will touch upon but I guess where we could start that is um, there was a bit of talk about now that Thomas Müller was out of the team and Christian Falk who's a podcast friend he'd been discussing that on his own podcast and there always seems to be that same story recycled what is what is the deal? Is just this just spin? Is it real concern? Thomas Müller is obviously getting older there as well. What's what's going on? To put uh, Thomas Müller into context, he's one of the greatest legends of uh, German football. He has played at Bayern Munich all his career. He's won everything, and I mean everything except Euros. I don't. I he didn't play '96 when he won in England, <laughs> but he's been around. He won the World Cup, won the Champions League. I mean, got so many titles been at Bayern. And not only that, he's the identification figure of that Bayern team. Uh, and But I, I tweeted the other day, I said, it's that time of the year again where Thomas Müller is linked to Manchester United and then there are different, uh, different articles telling about him maybe walk away from Bayern, he wants to keep on playing. And our friends, uh, uh, Falk and Altschäfer, uh, by... Uh, by an insider, a Bild Zeitung or Sport Bild. I, they kind of recycle the same articles. And I understand why they're doing that because Thomas Müller has been, has been so vital to the success of Bayern. And to be fair to him, he still is a great player. He still is in the national team. Remember, at, after the Qatar World Cup, after the last game, he said, I'm maybe uh, retired from the national team, but he's still around. The, the problem he is now at the moment that is maybe differently from other years is that he's not in the team. Um, he found himself in the last game um, uh, away at Köln. Thomas Tuchel didn't uh, replace one player. He, to be fair, he played against Copenhagen on Wednesday. He, he played that game, didn't play particularly well. Not, neither did Bayern, neither did Thomas Müller. I, I got a feeling that they, they will give him another year. Uh, they just uh, signed to, uh, Manuel Neuer for a year. So I think that's, that's going to be sorted. But it's interesting because that you always come to a time when it's time to move on, being moving on to retirement or move somewhere else. I, I can't see Thomas Müller in another, uh, another club in Bundesliga. And he's not that kind of guy who will go to adventures, I think, uh, being in Saudi Arabia or going to, to the MLS. But uh, I think Thomas Müller would be there. But Thomas Tuchel has a challenge because he wants to kind of get Musiala into that position. But even now, when Musiala didn't play in Köln, he still didn't play Thomas Müller. He went so, with Chopo uh, He played Chopo and neither did he do any subs. Uh, fun fact this weekend is that I was at City Liverpool. Um, Pep didn't use any subs. Thomas Tuchel didn't use any subs the day before. But hey, they're playing too many games. That's what we say. 
Yeah, well, there's more to us to that. And as a PFA uh, employee, <laughs> I can say a lot of things about that one. But of, oh of yeah, course, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm no, just joking. Course. I'm just I, I know, joking. I, course, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just you know, have... joking. But it's a bad argument for them when they don't use any subs yeah, know, uh, know, in the game. But hey, the, when the winning takes the ultimate precedent, you know that's, that's how it. it that's, that's how it, it is. Um, well, I mean, you you mentioned there Musiala as well. Um, we have a Euros coming up uh, with for in Germany with a uh, struggling Germany side, albeit. But there's huge optimism with that Musiala Wirtz link up, and now there are talks again. And we've discussed before, but then there wasn't as much hold in those rumors i guess because florian Wirtz was out with a long-term injury and he came back last season it was part of that kind of renaissance under 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 alonso for leverkusen last season but now there's links to Wirtz to bayern i believe Wirtz's contract goes out in 2025 so which also has its own kind of negotiation aspect to it do you keep it the next year and then sell him or do you wait and give him on a free what have you etc etc for someone like Florian Wirtz, and just give us kind of the paint the picture of Bayern getting these players because Bayern, as any other club, they can want these players, right? But players have this deep kind of desire to go to Bayern as well. Just explain what position Bayern hold for these players and whether Bayern would be a, a realistic move for for Wirtz. Well, as I this week was mentioned at one of our favorite podcasts, Rest is Politics again with Alistair Campbell and oh, Rory Stewart. I haven't yeah, heard that so, one yet. Okay. So, so I, will, uh, I will do a, a, a quote of uh, Rory Stewart when I start to explain this to put this into context, Marcus. He always yeah. does that because he says, and that, which is very good because sometimes you just think about the case which is now, but there's always a context to put it into. Bayern Munich is the, by far the most successful club in German football, meaning that they will get the best players. They also have the financial resources over years since Uli Hoeneß took over in the end of 70, 77-ish. He took over the team and the reign there. So they always have managed to get the best players, So, which they should do because they should have the market. Because to be fair to Bayern, their main competitors won't be the other German teams is the other European teams. And if you work with this 50 plus one ruling, meaning that the members decide the fate of a club, then they have to get the money from somewhere else. That could be people buying up those 49% of shares or the commercial rights, tickets, media rights, but also their way of commercialize. And they are the best commercialized club in, in Germany, meaning they have the best financial resources. But there is always a but to it because Bayern, historically, when they see that their kind of position is challenged, if we see the last 10, 11 years, it's not been the case. But there have been times that Bayern has also been challenged. Werder Bremen challenged them with Otto Rehagel, with the head of sport or, or the commercial director, Billy Lemke. What did Bayern do? They took their best players. Uh, then Dortmund challenged them. What did Bayern do? They took the best players. They took uh, Hummels. Hummels used to be there, but Hummels took them there. Gertz, uh, Lewandowski, and so on and so on. Abel Leipzig, what happened when they were challenging them? Well, they took the captain, Sabitzer. They took their coach, Julian Nagelsmann. Of course they do. So, and then now when Leverkusen is challenging them, 
Of course they want Florian Wirtz. Of course they want Sabi Alonso. That, that would be the next thing. They will just get your pop, popcorn and put yourself in the front row. They will come soon now link. If there is any problem with Thomas Tuchel, they will be linked to Alonso. Okay. Then to put that into context as well, that is not unusual that they want the best players. And yes, they've been after Florian Wirtz for a long time, even before his injury. Yes, it's, there is a link between Alonso because he's played at Bayern that he will maybe end up there, Kalens Rummenigge being a big fan. But this is a fact. And for people seeing this from outside, and love, and we hear that all the time, Marcus, we love to say this about Farmers Club uh, League and all that kind of thing. People hate that because they know the only way is that the, 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 the teams could keep the best players. And that is the key to, to land this argument, is that even though Bayern Munich want Florian Wirtz, well, it's up to Leverkusen to sell him. If Bayern want Julian Nagelsmann, well, why didn't why did Leipzig let him go then? And so on and so on. And then you have clauses, then you have Lewandowski who were on a free, and so on and so on. But still, this is a part of the kind of German thing. And in England, you will never see someone be so keen of going from Manchester United to Liverpool in the opposite way. But in Germany, the big dream for a lot of the players to play for Bayern Munich because they are so dominant. They are the big force in German football. So they're more likely to go that way uh, than in other countries where the big rivalry between... Remember, we've seen a documentary about Figo going from, from uh, Barcelona to Real Madrid and so on. So that can happen in Germany. Manuel Neuer went from Schalke. He's still not forgiven doing that and so on and so on. So... So Florian Wirtz will be linked to Bayern, just a part of the normal German folklore, as will Alonso soon come linked in for Bayern. It'll be very exciting to see. Um, as Leverkusen can't seem to stop. They won yesterday in the Cup uh, in the Europa League, even though they had already qualified, obviously. But yeah, we are looking to, forward to a Wirtz-Musiala matchup in the Euros. I think that is the great hope. Four Germans as well, with of course. It's the only hope. It's the only yeah, hope. With our, of course, a little Nico Fulkrug up team, top. Yeah, yeah, Fulkrug up top. The German have a word that I can't uh, translate to English. Grottenschlecht. Terrible bad at the moment. Austria knocked them off the, the, the pitch in their game in the, in the friendly. And the Germans got to be worried what are going on. And uh, Nagelsmann, after being two minutes in a job, he starts being criticized that maybe they should set in Fuller again. But, I mean, not even the Germans could be that crazy. But still, for the Germans to be a host and for the Germans not to have a great team. And to be fair to them, Marcus, they haven't had that for the two last World Cups. So this is not new. It's not like it's breaking news that Germany is struggling in the national team at the moment. They are struggling. And they had the oldest average, uh, the oldest team they've ever had in over 20 years. Just tells you the story. And, but to be fair to I have to say... Saturday, I think his under-17 national team of Germany is in the final of the World Cup. So there is hope. There is hope. Indeed. But in, in a longer longer term. In Indeed. Um, yeah. I mean, Margus Mann briefly said that um, it might be a case in which talent goes out and there is certain hard work or a kind of character that comes in, which is when you are, when you are creating a team, right, is finding that ever balance. There's also talk, just on a slight digression, there's also a talk in terms of finding that ever-elusive number nine for Germany. Füllkrug does, has done that excellently, but you also have someone like Dennis Undav at Stuttgart, who is funny, we've paid so much attention to, to Guarasi, 
done fantastic. But then Undav, when Gursi was injured, Undav's now got seven Bundesliga goals in nine uh, Bundesliga games. And his goal, part of his motivation to go to Stuttgart on loan from Brighton, was to try and get a Germany call-up as well. So there are there are certain things, but of course, I don't know if it's Dennis Undav who is the, the saviour. Um, let's just look back on the European games before we, before we close it off. I think a couple of thoughts, a couple of things I want to discuss. One, Bayern play a rather unsensational nil-nil against FC Copenhagen. But Manuel Neuer, since his return, Dad, there hasn't been these moments in which you say, yeah, but he's been injured and so be it, so be it. It seems like he's hit the ground running. And now going into the Euros, all Germans are discussing is, yeah, but who's going to be number one? You got Ter Stegen. But when a fit Manuel Neuer is available, you'd like to think that he would play. But then, for context, we remember the whole Nagelsmann Neuer goalkeeper situation there as well. I don't know what your predictions or, I guess, thoughts would be on the, on on his situation. Well, we can argue forward and back, but everybody knows that Neuer will be in goals. <laughs> I mean, that is yeah. Okay, that, so you think no, it's that's no, no, that's, no. It's now it's not that easy because Nagelsmann and Neuer work together in Bayern. Remember, he went to that ski holiday. There is a lot of. There is a lot of been a lot of water under the bridge that as well. The funny thing is, uh, historically, in 2006, when Jurgen Klinsmann was the head coach of the German national team, they were hosting the last tournament. There was between Oliver Kahn and Jens Lehmann, who were being goal. And uh, Jens Lehmann got the nod from ahead of, of Kahn uh, by Klinsmann. That was very, very uh, controversial at, at that time. So now they find themselves in another position. Outside a chance, Kevin Trapp as well is in there. Uh, they've got always got good, good, good goalkeepers, the Germans. Uh, Ter Stegen had been injured. That was a bad time to be injured. And then we're discussing why didn't you get Neuer in then? I, I think the thing is that Neuer will always have the media on his way and he's a buyer and he's got all the lobby and all that. So I, I think that he will somehow play a role at Euros. I can't see. Uh, but still, Ter Stegen has been a crown prince. He's been a Prince Charles of football. He's been there for ages, just waiting for his chance. And when he gets a throw, no, you, if they throw him away, then it would be unbelievable for him playing for Barcelona and, and he's been doing so well for them. But Manuel Neuer, I'll, he will play some role at, at the Euro uh, because he is a German football legend. And I think now maybe there is only three or four games now before the Euro. So you. And you have to start experimenting. You can't have any more experiments now. Harvard's on the left. Okay. Nagelsmann said, I was, I did this because I want to see them. And to be fair to Harvard, he scored and everything. And he's looking well at, at Arsenal uh, as well at the moment. But you just feel when he plays uh, Harvard again, Mbappé, that's going to be a tough one at, uh, at the World Cup. No, sorry, at the Euros. Indeed. Uh, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and they were saying about the Neuer situation and they said, it's like you wouldn't bench Messi for Argentina. You wouldn't bench Ronaldo. So you can't bench Neuer for Germany. That's kind of the way they saw it. That's a, the, a, such a high regard they held Neuer. Now it will be interesting, but yeah, I think we can be harsh on Der Stegen, but even still. I guess, lastly also, we cannot go an episode that without discussing Dortmund because... I think what I've concluded is I, it's the um, predictable unpredictability. And then there's also, I think we as, I don't say, as B- B- Bundesliga aficionados, 
we kind of want to have answers to Dortmund. And life, football, is complex. There are a lot of moving parts. And with Dortmund, maybe it's a matter of just saying, listen, that's Dortmund. And also, there's a different way of playing in Europe, you could say. But let's just give credit first. They have already qualified. They get a draw against PSG. They are group winners. They go on. They qualify from the group of death. And that is an impressive achievement. And we can say a lot about the Bundesliga, even though they're two points above what they were at last point last season. Credit where credit is due when they put in a performance like they did against Milan away. Huh? The whole week has been Dortmund. I mean, they were 2-0 down at home against Gladbach, I guess. Huh? If I'm yeah. An, uh, yeah, yeah. It's so, so many days ago. Now that, uh, with 2-0 <laughs> down against Gladbach, ending up winning 4-2. That is Dortmund as well. Then you have all the speculations in and around them. Terzic, Sebastian Kehl, how is the cooperation between them? I read Sport Bill this week, as I, I do when I'm traveling. I, I always buy my German magazines. And there were, I, I read between the lines that it seemed like the good players been signed by Terzic and the bad players been signed by Sebastian Kehl. That, then we always know there is some lobbying going into the journalists uh, on that. Terzic being the man from Batsko is the big head of boss there. Uh, and then, of course, they go to San Siro and win 3-1. I mean, an amazing group. I mean, we all know that Newcastle should have won in Paris, although Paris had their chances, but that penalty was just ridiculous. And Newcastle has put... And Newcastle and Dortmund has kind of done so well in that group. So, yes, all the respect to Dortmund, how they do. They, they, they have consistency in their performances. It's not top. They are far behind Leverkusen. Uh, now and and we said, Marcus, that we hope that many teams could challenge Bayern. Then hope that some of them will go the distance. But now it's down to to Leverkusen, who's doing fantastic, of course. But still, uh, that is typical Dortmund that weekend. But if I can end up, Marcus, uh, with with one thing, we are looking at Leverkusen now that they are doing so well. But the Africa Cup is coming up in January. Uh, a big honor for all of African players. We can talk a lot about how that tournament could be in the middle of seasons, but still we have to respect that as one of the greatest tournaments that there is around. Of course, that will be a priority for, for the players. And I think that Leverkusen is missing five players, if I'm not 100% right uh, at that, including Boniface. So, so it's going to be interesting to see what kind of influence that will have on the Bundesliga table because mind you Bayern won't have money but Leverkusen will will see if they will invest and in January to just to get some gap ins for, for that tournament and it's also about that Africa Cup the, the thing is you never know how far the team will come their, their countries will come in the tournament so you, you will they come back after two weeks or will they go to the final and then it will, be, it will stay longer and so on. So that could have a big consequence on the, on the, on the Bundesliga trophy battle this season. And therefore, it's good for Leverkusen. Patrick Schick scored yesterday as well. With, uh, yeah, good to have him back. Good to have yeah. him back after, after a long-term injury. And don't forget, he was the main, the main man, the main goal scorer he for was. Leverkusen as he well. Was. So good news all over. We look forward to a, a, an intriguing Bundesliga weekend. We will be back then. We aim for Monday to review the yeah. happenings <laughs> then. Um, but some big games. And we obviously got Dortmund-Leverkusen. Or is it Leverkusen-Dortmund? I don't I'm gonna have to look that up. But either way, on Sunday, 
they match up against each other, which could be, yeah, a big, big game in the overall Titus challenge for Leverkusen, mind you, and not Dortmund. But that, for now, thank you very much. And I keep uh, looking for treasures with football shirts, uh, and then I'll <laughs> we'll speak later. Bye-bye. I'll be the same.